Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. We're going to begin this episode a little bit differently with a snippet of a dramatic reading from the leaked Powerpuff Girls script from the CW. I will play, I'm host Brenda, if you've forgotten, I will play the part of Bubbles and host Austin will play the part of Buttercup. We begin the scene in their Townsville house. <laughs> I can't keep it up. All right, here I go. I'm Bubbles. Blossom's fine. I saw her on Insta that she has a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted. And I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. Coming back here is triggering. Is coming back here is probably <laughs> triggering for her. Why? Because she's the one who killed Mojo. I mean, moveon.org. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, before we do the other one, listen everybody. There's so many fucking plot things they just they have a grand they have a grandpa? A grandpa? That's who's, never been acknowledged who's, before. Who's ever. Grandpappy? Not who's once. Gra- <laughs> grandpappy Utonium. <laughs> also, Grandpappy Utonium is is conservative or is Blossom cons- like who's <laughs> Blossom's so- conservative. Yeah, Blossom <laughs> Blossom's like make Tom's great again. Any any if it's any of the Powerpuff Girls are going to be conservative, it's going to be Blossom. Let's be also, real. also they're just like, yeah, she killed Mojo. I'm like, what? Excuse me, she just <laughs> straight up murdered Mojo. Yeah, she just Mojo. Killed, she killed a monkey with a big brain. <laughs> <laughs> she picked up a handgun and she just got him. <laughs> just, <laughs> just fucking shot him in the face. Like what? What was? Go- okay, I don't. We have there were more that are funny. What was gonna go on in this show? I lots of lots of bullshit. Because this because is just I, the script from yeah. the pilot. This is just this yeah. is just the pilot. Why is so much? This is supposed to be what people look at when they're like, "Yeah, we want to actually make this." Like someone looks at this, says, "Yeah, like yeah, let's hire people to put this together," and then they make it. Like it should be good, or at least have potential. And from what we've seen, um, <laughs> there's no potential here. Yeah, it should be better. It should be better. <laughs> it shouldn't. This is bad. Um, I think my favorite part, and we don't have to read from this part, but it's the one where Bubbles is talking to someone named Drake. Is that a yeah. Powerpuff Girls character? I don't not, remember. Not that I know of. Like the boy at the school that was named, I think his name was like Bobby. Bobby. <clears throat> like, um, and the yeah. Rowdy Rough Boys are like, all, all have B names as well. So like, it's not them. Like yeah, she talks so... to him in a different scene. Mm-hmm. who the hell is drake but anyway yeah. bubbles is talking to someone named drake and is like um one second someone in my chat is saying they're happy about something did they win the the bid 
(laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Bubbles is talking to Drake, and Bubbles uh, mentions the film Dirty Dancing, which I don't think is a film that anyone in Gen Z is, Gen Z, sorry, this is nuts, Gen Z has seen ever. No, I've seen no Dirty way. Dancing, and I never make comparisons to the fact that it exists. So <laughs> I've never seen Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I think I've only seen Dirty Dancing because my mom really likes it. Also, so, Bubbles like, is like the most unstable and mean one from this script, at least from what we've like found of the leak. Right? Like, there's a scene where she is like, uh, exterior Hollywood Boulevard night. Q license plate, Bubs 1, affixed to a baby blue Corvette. Adult Bubbles, still wearing her signature pigtails, pops the trunk. It's full of pop-off girls merch and a priceless. Selfies, $20. (laughs) T-shirts, $30. Selfie and t-shirt, $45. Narrator. Bubbles went to Hollywood, hoping to capitalize on her childhood fame. After two stints in rehab and three failed reality show pilots, she had pivoted to direct sales. Oh my god. I'm Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls, the real Bubbles, unlike the Bobo knockoff Wonder Woman. Pan to fake Wonder Woman, who looks really fake. It says in this script. (laughs) (laughs) Pan to fake Wonder Woman, who looks fake. Um, I want to know how people like this get to be paid for their scripts. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's a scene where they talk about, like, where Bubbles sold her engagement ring to Butch for drug money. Uh, there's a scene where Bubbles threatens to leak Blossom's nudes if she doesn't come help and join the team again. No, that's what that's illegal. That's a very illegal. <laughs> there's, it's a crime now. <laughs> like Bubbles is like the most unstable one from these leaks we found, and I get like what there, there's another one. Buttercup like makes fun of Bubbles for like doing porn at some point. Um, and I get what they were. I understand how am I trying to say this I get they're like it'll be funny because Bubbles was like the nice like very like the most child like one of the kids yeah for her to like grow up and be unstable but I'm like this is like a lot like to make her every unstable trope is like a lot Mm -hmm. also it's not good (laughs) no um so with Riverdale which is also bad as we (laughs) Jesus At least with Riverdale, the people who liked Archie things Mm -hmm. were, like, mostly adults at that point. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Archie wasn't something that I think any of us grew up with. Like, I think, like, now, I know I have, like, kind of, like, an appreciation of it. Yeah. um, Especially with the Chip Zdarsky, um, Erica Henderson run on Jughead, which is really great. Right, But with Powerpuff Girls, there was a Powerpuff Girls series running in, like, 2016? Right, that was that recently. Was, yeah, that was geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, in theory, those kids are still kids. So you have mm-hmm. an issue with, like, we're adults now. We grew up with Powerpuff Girls, but Powerpuff Girls didn't go away. So this would kind of be similar to, like, if someone made, like, edgy SpongeBob. Right. Now, because SpongeBob never left TV. So, like, the audience is still, it's very varied at this point, but it mm-hmm. still has, like, a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. Um so to make a Powerpuff Girls show that involves like a series, like a or a scene where <laughs> the Powerpuff Girls like <laughs> bubbles fucks. Wait, yeah, is it like bubbles? It's... Oh no, it's it's Buttercup fucks. <laughs> yes, they yeah they allude to most of them that they fuck now, and I'm like, it isn't that. 
they can't be adult characters. It isn't even that, like, yeah. if you make them adult characters, they have to act like kids. Like, that's that's whatever. It's more of, like, this pilot script that we know that is no longer alleged because the CW claimed it with a copyright infringement. Because <laughs> it was... And they could only do that if it was the real thing. Yeah, so. like, it was all over Twitter. You can find some screenshots now. I wish I had saved all of it. Because, like, someone had a thread of the whole thing. Yeah. Um... And we only have, like, the parts that the internet found the funniest that people screenshotted. But the fact they did that means it was real. And that it's this, like, I didn't think it would be good. Mm-mm. But I didn't think they would miss, like, this is missing the mark. Um, I just found a snippet from the script. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this was actually, because I didn't read the full script. But this mm-hmm. is, like, Bubbles, like, talking about how, like, Professor Utonium, like, licensed, like, the cartoon exists in this universe, and it was, like, licensed out, and also they were all whitewashed for the cartoon. This is framed in such a weird way. Oh, right, because, like, in this setting, Professor Utonium is black, because it's, yeah. uh, and... on, and then Buttercup is also black? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking, yeah, pictures, yeah. So. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's, like, a very weird take, and even looking at, like, the official, like, because they, they got caught on set and, like, the clearly, like, the stunt outfit. And we talked about that. Like, it's stunt outfits. Like, every show has stunt outfits. They look terrible. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, like, I'm looking at the official pictures now. And they look... They're good pictures. I mean, it's easy to make a picture. But I'm like, they... Like, Bubbles is, like, the... Yeah, Bubbles is the hot one. And I'm like, it's very uncomfortable. Because, like, they went from... The thing that's uncomfortable is, like, going from the kid ip directly to like this edgy adult thing it's not they're not like teens they're not like like they could have done angsty teens and i could have been like yeah teens are edgy because teens are angsty that's just what teens do yeah they went straight to edgy adult yeah and it's just like it's just it's whiplash it it just kind of it's hard to like re conceptual reconceptualize i don't know what word i'm looking for but them as just like straight from like being were they in like kindergarten how old yeah, they were they? they were in kindergarten. It's Yeah. It is It's whiplash. <laughs> it reads so much and the writers are Diablo Cody and Heather Reginer. Uh and the executive producer is a from what I can tell a guy. I could not find anything with mm-hmm. pronouns listing otherwise. So Greg Berlotti is the executive producer and it just feels like that team was like this isn't your mom's Powerpuff Girls, but it's like, well no, I'm the mom. It's it it uh, it's me. <laughs> like yeah it's like (laughs) i'm the one who grew up with it no it's my mom didn't grow up with it what are you what's going on here like it it just feels so they wanted like i get they wanted to tell a story of like what if kids grew up as superheroes and then realized they hated it this is a bad ip to do it with and they should have just told an original story yeah because like the original was like very like optimistic yeah so it's it's just whiplash it oh excuse me um I'm burping. <laughs> oh, okay. The CW's chairman and CEO, Mark Pedowitz, did give a response at a press conference on Tuesday, as of this recording. Um, the reason we do pilots is sometimes something some things miss. We believe in the cast and in uh, the writers and executive producer who I renamed, um, and Warner Brothers, the studio. In this case, the pilot didn't work because we see enough elements in there. We wanted to give it another shot. It may have felt a little too campy and not rooted in reality. You lean, you learn things when you test things out. We felt, let's take a step back and go back to the drawing board. This is a powerful property and engage a lot of interest and we want to get it right. The internet saw a lot of the stuff and started making fun of us. We got to try again. 
pretty much they were like, "Uh oh, it's bad. People don't like it." And it's like you looked at this and you saw it and you said it was okay and then you hired actors and mm-hmm. then you got everyone together and you made costumes and you shot this whole pilot and like did like promotional material and everything and then you realized it was bad. Yeah. That's when someone was like, "Wait a second. Maybe it was when Buttercup said life is one big hate boner." Oh my god. Uh, also when asked at this press conference about the script leak pedowitz was like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) which which is wild because later that same night they took it down so he like knew they were working on it yeah he's like what script leak anyway let's talk about some other cw shows let's talk about that uh five um five uh, superhero show spinoffs shows. They're all canceled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good press conference. Every, see everybody. Watch Supernatural reruns. <laughs> yeah, it's... about Dean and the Tetanus? That was wild, right? <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> it was, it's just like, the thing that it is, is like Brenda said earlier, like the cartoon was very optimistic and bright and also like there are multiple instances where professor utonium is like you know you don't like have to be superheroes you are yeah. you are also five years old um and they also hire you know who's the actor's name who's playing utonium uh donald Faison. yeah I, I know his face very well yes <laughs> um he's a good actor for portraying utonium as he was in the cartoon yes um but you know when they cast him as like this version of utonium who like essentially like apparently licensed out the girls likenesses for a a cartoon and like yeah profited off of them and like made them like be superheroes it it just doesn't feel good utonium was never like that yeah it's like telling a story like this like an alternate history story only works as much as you can suspend disbelief and they just like pushed it way too far yeah and it's like I feel as though these last two iterations of Powerpuff Girls, so like the 20, I think it was a 2016 cartoon, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but, um, and then this pilot have not had any input from Craig McCracken. The no, absolutely not. Abso- he's on Twitter saying it as much yeah. for the, the last cartoon, at least he's like, they, I didn't even know it was happening until it got announced. Yeah. He has no rights to these characters, but I feel like I get if he was busy or if he didn't want to be involved anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I feel like he should have involvement, or at least someone from the Powerpuff Girls should have involvement. So yeah. like Rob Renzetti, creator of My Life is uh, My Life is a Teenage Robot, mm-hmm. had a lot of involvement with Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other creators from like the original cartoon cartoon days had like their hands in Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. So like you can't get any of them to work on your thing to it's... help you out and like show you what this is supposed to be like. Listen, like... you want you wanna do edgy and you're coming from animation, get Gindy. That's that's literally what he does. That is, he literally makes just like the most metal fucking cartoons and somehow got to play them on Cartoon Network. So I think if you were like, this is going to be adult prime time, he'd be like, oh, fucking bet. Yeah, Gennady um, created Dexter's Lab too. So (laughs) it's like, yeah. So he can do like the more like comedic stuff and the really edgy stuff. So it's like, if you can't get anyone who worked on Powerpuff Girls, and maybe he did work on Powerpuff Girls, I don't know, um, get Gendy to help right. you out, or someone. Well, he helped you know. Craig McCracken craft Powerpuff Girls. Ah, okay. Because so, Craig yeah. McCracken was working with him on his stuff, and he wanted to make a show, and Gendy like, 
helped him learn how to make a show. Mm-hmm. So like he just like literally you need you need a consultant because you're doing too much like if you want to tell a story that like bubbles struggled with like addiction in her early 20s that could be interesting but yeah you can't do you can't do all of it for all of them at the same time like that's just i'm like i especially in a pilot to be like here is every struggle they've had at once and also look at how hip we are here are a bunch of jokes and buzzwords and i'm like this reads like someone's grandma really wants to be in the group chat of the grandkids and is proving she's cool yeah i don't know about you but i don't check anyone else's linkedin ever (laughs) like what are you talking about only time i check my linkedin is when i need to like i'm trying to get a job and i need to update it with the newest information like i literally do not even remember where my linkedin is i don't even know what email you sign up Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the dropping buzzwords, because I definitely say like, oh, and then I said this on Twitter and then rolled over to Tumblr and then like posted, you know, like. Yeah, like, oh my no God. No one talks like that. No one talks. We don't talk like that. Yeah. And like, they're supposed to be like, how old? Like mid 20s? Yeah, they're like 20 somethings. Yeah, 20 somethings, which like, even if they're like younger, like 23 or something, like 23 year olds don't talk. It, this feels like what a. <laughs> what a 50 year old thinks a uh gen z kid talks like yeah it really does 20 something say it and it's like it's oh my god it's 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 rough there's so many other people who could have done like such a much better job like can you imagine if they got rebecca sugar to work on a powerpuff girl series that'd be great that would be very great be so great you know it would be cool if when we made When we are so determined to make animation live action so it's serious, they just like got people from animation at least who know how to tell stories. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> could be cool. Just anyway. <laughs> it could be nice. What's next on our docket? We'll just talk to a Powerpuff Girls for 20 minutes. Uh d- it's okay. It was a good bit. <laughs> uh Dave Filoni got promoted at, yes. at good old Lucasfilm. So Dave Filoni is now the chief creative officer. I think is what it's called. Um, nice. The CCO of all of Lucasfilm's Star Wars. So essentially that whole wing of Disney, now that whole arm of Disney, Dave Filoni is, if I understand his role correctly, um, like the Kevin Feige. Yeah. He is. But he's like big beans now. Yeah. He is like, if you are making a story in Star Wars, like it, at some point it comes across his desk. Now he reads each one or like he has, I'm sure he has assistants and a team that he trusts, you know, um, it is like, at some point he has to approve your story. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this looks. I'm excited. Cause Dave. So if you don't know who Dave Filoni is, Dave Filoni likes star Wars more than everyone. Uh, I thought <laughs> I loved star Wars until I heard Dave Filoni talk about star Wars. And I was like, I don't, I, pff, what the, f- I like star Wars. Dave Filoni loves star Wars. Yeah. This guy knows so much about Star Wars. Yeah. He's, he is, uh, we may have talked about him before, but he essentially was like handpicked by George Lucas way back during the first Clone Wars cartoon to like be a baby George Lucas. Um, not know you're thinking for better or worse, but he was taught by George Lucas on the method of like telling a star wars story and like the key elements of star mm-hmm. wars including like setting and theme specific stuff that like 
uh, allegedly only like George and Dave know. Yeah. He's so this is as close as we can get to having like George Lucas still be involved with Star Wars without any of the nonsense that comes with George Lucas. <laughs> it's, Star Wars. it's like if we got b- better George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> he had the ideas. He created the the ground level mm-hmm, of the Star mm-hmm. Wars, and now we need to move on. And Dave Filoni is the perfect guy to do this. Yeah. So hopefully J.J. Abrams won't put his scrubby little Jesus hands fucking all over Christ. Star Wars again. How do mediocre men keep getting? And that, I'm not talking about Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is top tier man. <laughs> God, J- yeah. If you missed it, J- so J.J. Abrams was like, "Uh, yeah, I got the Star Wars job. I didn't really want it. I have a plan. Would have been good if I did, though." The end. That's it. That was it. He he said that in the same breath. I was like, "Yeah, I'm making a portal, making a fucking portal movie." I'm like, "What?" I I listen. Yeah. I I need. J.J. Abrams' death grip on media to die. Yeah, like he gets to do Star Trek, he gets to do Star Wars, and he gets to do Portal, apparently? <laughs> it's like, hey, can we have, like, on Portal, can we have a, um, like, a female director or a female scriptwriter on Portal, please? I, like, yeah, it's like J.J. Abrams' style of, not only will I not tell you what's going on, you may never know what's going on, is, has lost its magic, because you clearly see now, especially him saying stuff like, I didn't have a plan for Lost, I didn't have a plan for Star Wars, is lazy. Yeah. And, much. like, you know what? It's cool. If, like, like I like to world build. Sometimes I'll build a world and be like, I don't know what's going on here, but, like, fucking dogs fly. That's cool, right? Like, you know, like, everyone's, yeah, that's cool. That's it. That's fine. I'm not going to tell a story in a movie without, like, figuring out why the dogs are flying around everywhere. I'm just like, that'd be a neat idea. And maybe I'll... Like, if I was in Hollywood, maybe I'll sell it to somebody, right? Maybe I'll, like, sell it yeah. to... There's some director who's like, yeah, but I need, like, a cool sci-fi angle. And I'm like, what if the dogs fly? I don't know why. You can do whatever you want. Just, like, pay me $2,000. Like, you know, like, maybe I'd sell ideas. But he makes whole movies and TV shows and IPs with, like, oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> I don't have a plan. That's what keeps things spicy. <laughs> and it's like if any other like creator said that, like who wasn't just a white man, they would be like shit out of luck and not get the job. But yeah, how is he getting changing? hired? How did he yeah. say that? And like the portal people, not immediately go like we are pull like we are pulling the plug <laughs> on this movie right now. Yeah, they're like who who at Valve was like this is the perfect person to um, bring Portal to the big screen. <laughs> It's a mess. <sighs> oh my god. Um, but but our blue hedgehog boy. What was that? Blue hedgehog boy. Blue hedgehog boy. Yesterday we delayed recording one day because mm-hmm. the blue hedgehog boy, also known as Sonic. Um, what's Sonic's full name? Orville. Sonic. <laughs> Maurice. <laughs> Sonic Maurice Ogilvy Hedgehog Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) I think it's literally Maurice Ogilvy Hedgehog I'm gonna look this up Sonic the Hedgehog everyone uh, had his first ever Sonic Central which is Sega (laughs) trying to copy uh, the Nintendo Direct model yes I was um, almost right his full name is Ogilvy Maurice Hedgehog Continue. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is that from the comics? I think so. 
Jesus. <laughs> in the Archie comics, Sonic's real name is revealed to be Ogilvy Maurice Hedgehog. And he tries desperately to protect that information, possibly out of embarrassment. And as we know, the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter said long ago, everything is canon. So that's canon. Everything is canon. I can't believe they said that with like all of like the nonsense of the Sonic Archie comics and Sonic The Underground. nonsense from this it, Sonic Central. Sonic is going to work in a hospital. Sonic's a doctor now. In a, you can have a whole hospital dedicated to Sonic. So imagine that you're going to the doctors and they like put you in a pair of like, um, God, what do you wear near the doctors? <laughs> when you're the patient, do you wear scrubs? No, you, you wear, wear a gown. You, you wear the front. Oh, a gown. That's the word. That was like, it has you're no patient, back so that everyone you can see in, your butt. You, you put on the doctor's scrubs and you're like, get on the fucking table, doc. A gown with Sonic the Hedgehog on it and you're in your room and there's a picture of Sonic in like a doctor's outfit. And he's got like a scaffold. And he's just like, don't worry. You're like, I'm surely speedy. Sonic's not my doctor. And then he walks in and you're like, uh-oh. In comes your doctor in a Sonic fur suit, <laughs> ready to take out your gallbladder. <laughs> also, Sonic, it will be at the 2020 Olympics. In this, yeah, so he's in the Sonic will be will appear in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics game that's coming out this year. The fact they didn't change the title to 2021 is astounding because they could, just- they totally could. They're not changing the name of the Olympics. The what? Olympics is still the 2020 Olympics. But guys, it's, guys, guys, it's 2021. guys. That's gonna, there's some kid in the year like 2042 that gets that question on the history test and fucking screams. <laughs> yeah, like that's gonna be like, um, when did the 2020 Olympics take place? And you think it's like a war of 1812 type question. Where you're like, what year did the war of 1812 happen? And you're just like, fuck, I don't know. But this is this is the opposite of that. Whereas if you put 2020, you're wrong. Yeah, that, that kid's going <laughs> to fail history and they are going to become a supervillain. And they have every right. <laughs> because we have failed them. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, Jesus so, Christ. Anyway. Yeah, because did you see that thing I put on Twitter yesterday where it was like, oh. watch this video opening to this documentary? Oh, I keep seeing people post that, but I haven't watched oh. it yet. Oh my God. I can't spoil it for you. But okay. if you go, that takes you to the official like Olympics website. Mm-hmm. It's an official Olympics documentary. Um, you sang official the- a lot, so I will I will have to watch it. Oh my God. It, yeah, it's official. It's real. <laughs> It's on the Olympics website. It's so funny. <laughs> like, I will I will I will have to watch that. Uh but yeah, Sonic had his first Sonic Central to celebrate turning 30. Welcome <laughs> welcome to yeah. 30, Sonic. Uh everything goes to shit. Yeah, <laughs> good good <laughs> luck, buddy. You like that's when you get the bags under your eyes and your face starts to kind of just slowly change shape a little bit and you're like, time keeps on slipping. <laughs> um it was Sega's attempt at a Nintendo Direct, and they, uh, ooh, mm, didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They compiled things mm-hmm. into a presentation mm-hmm. that lasted a total of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and lots of mobile got... games. Lots of mobile game announcements. Lots of mobile games. They And this is Sonic. You only turn 30 once. Like, yeah. Like... Unless you decide that last year didn't happen, in which case you can th- turn 30 twice mm-hmm, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, hey, none wrong mobile games. Want to say that they're fine. 
but most of the presentation was like what Nintendo will do. Like there'll be a direct right, and there's like a bunch of little announcements, and then there's a big announcement, and then a bunch of little announcements, and then and that goes on for like usually 20, 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. out like sometimes their E three ones will go for like an hour. Yeah, the last one was really long. Yeah, so like it's usually like that. So you're like, oh okay, some like. It starts and they're like, Sonic's going to be in the Tokyo Olympics game. And you're like, okay. And also this doctor game, you're like, weird. And then they're like, big announcement. And it was like, the there's a new show. Or no, it was the Sonic Colors remake yeah. and then the Sonic Colors show. And then there's the like the animated Sonic Prime. Yes. Which they had no footage of. They no. had like a Eggman's logo Yeah, <laughs> in there. And they got one of the men of action to like talk a little bit. They got Joe Kelly to talk. Mm-hmm. He said the word shadow a lot. He did. So, I mean, that bodes well for you. The biggest shadow yeah, that was, I know. That was for me. Uh, he said shadow, I think, six times. And I was like, I hear you. And I swear I to hear you. Joe Kelly, I swear the fucking God of shadow. I will find you, Joe Kelly. <laughs> I will find you in every single man of action. <laughs> Joe Kelly. You can't hide from Steven me. Steven Siegel, Duncan, Rulu, however you say your name. I almost and said the other Joe. Donuts Rulu. <laughs> Duncan Donuts. And, <laughs> and then the other Joe, whose name I forget. Joe Stevens? That's wrong. <laughs> I'll just be like, Joe are, you, are you Joe and Man of Action? Yeah, but I'm not Joe Kelly. I'm Pop. Already done. <laughs> You're the Joe I was looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah it was it was underwhelming um, because they hyped it up a lot. And then it was mm-hmm. mostly mobile game. Not even announcements. It was like events. It was like. There's an event this summer in this mobile game with Sonic. And you're like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't play. I don't need Pirate Shadow. I don't need to pay money for Pirate Shadow to yeah. be in my mobile game. That's super like, okay. <laughs> like, the Sonic Colors remake is cool. The Sonic Colors show yeah. looked cute. Looks nice. Um, yeah. And it's full voice cast. It's only going to be a two-part special, so I hope the episodes are 30 minutes. <laughs> or at least 15? Yeah. Yeah, they're ho- like five minutes each. Yeah, hopefully they're not super short because it's a two part special this summer. Um, and then like the big, big last thing where like we all got really excited was like four seconds long. It felt. Yeah, like it was just some footage of Sonic running. Yep, and then he made a weird symbol that does not mean anything to any Sonic thing. He was running through, uh, the ruins from Sonic and Knuckles, which is where. The events of Sonic Adventure were predicted, mm-hmm. um, like by the ru- like in those ruins you find like the prediction or whatever. So yeah, people like Sonic Adventure three. Someone else also went into like the data from the from the stuff, and it got mm-hmm. leaked. And that that portion was called Sonic Rangers. Huh. So some people think it could be called Sonic Rangers. That's like the current working theory in the fandom because someone like cracked into their data and looked what was under the hood um Mm -hmm. that's not we don't that game whatever it is is set for 2022 so is sonic prime um the guess is like what like it was like covid set stuff back but they didn't they didn't say the problem is they didn't say they said a lot about the mobile games and like nothing about anything else they couldn't even like give us like some production art Mm-mm. or like anything like Mm-mm. from either like sonic prime which is a big deal and then the new game which is a big deal yeah like they couldn't just... give us a premise like they like sonic yeah. prime got a premise but and they are just like we'll do more announcements throughout the year and i'm like you gotta can you tell us the next date will you be at e3 in a few weeks 
Yeah, are we going to get, like, a big announcement at E3? Are you saving it for E3? Like, you could just tell me that and be yeah. honest with me, but instead you're... <sighs> it really feels like Sega... It feels like Sega wants to be a big kid again, but they're not yet, so you can't... Pre- like, if Nintendo was like, here's a picture of Link for, like, four minutes on a screen and was like, talk to you later this year, that'd be fine. Cause it, but they're Nintendo. They've earned that, yeah. like they've earned my trust to be like they will tell me more when it's ready sega hasn't and for some people that are old enough sega's lost trust actively yeah honestly but now you can play the full version of sonic the fighters inside yo my fucking (laughs) they're like sonic fighters the sonic fighting game you remember it i was like what the are you high it's a real game yeah it's I, i i looked it up while they were talking like oh i didn't know this existed i don't care at all <laughs> they had a really beat up version of it at jfax the last time jfax occurred wow yeah it the crt was going so it was like impossible and also it just is impossible to play <laughs> because it's bad <laughs> um i guess they also they announced a new classic collection which is nice because like some of those games you can't mm-hmm. play anywhere um yeah sonic 3 i think is the big one mm-hmm. that hasn't been playable for a while yeah. because of licensing issues so so that's that'll be cool that's cool again like it's fine they i would have just not done this and i don't know why they did this so close to e3 because now it's like if you don't say anything in e3 about essentially about sonic like no one's going to care yeah it's like we postponed recording so we could talk about it and it was nothing it was was absolutely garbage yeah it's like i could have just like caught up on it later yeah been fine it like it's i didn't even see news articles written about it (laughs) <laughs> yeah no one wrote anything they were just like well, well sonic's coming out, I guess. <laughs> after it was done nintendo direct was trending just for people talking about how they wish they had a nintendo direct to look forward to after how bad it was <laughs> they're like daddy nintendo please <laughs> it was it was rough everybody um but i mean that's video games sometimes that be video games is this your segue into the topic Brenda wants to know this topic so bad. Brenda, what what do you think we're talking about? I couldn't figure it out. I was like, maybe E three. Is it is it E three? Yeah. <laughs> you know how I figured it out because huh. you were like you were dropping hints yesterday because you were just like this is so wild and I was just like, huh? Austin has some tabs open. <laughs> One of them was for E three, and I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, we today we're talking about the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or E3, and and Knuckles. And Knuckles. I put that in my notes because I, like, I, I, like, typed it out and then laughed for, like, five minutes, and I was like, okay, 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 for real. Um, <laughs> can I guess what your other topic was going to be? Because you switched topics last second. I did switch topics. You can certainly try. Um, Rugrats. No. Damn it. All right, continue. <laughs> Yeah, I switched topics last minute because, like, while I was watching the Sonic thing, and I was explaining to my partner, like, uh, yeah, this could be pretty, like, it was before it came on. So I was like, you know, it could be big, and it's weird to doing it outside of E3, and, because E3, E3 is in, as of this recording, like, two weeks, as the time you're listening to it, like, a week. It's June 12th this year. Yeah. Um, it is all virtual. Uh, and my partner was like, oh, who runs E3? Like, who's in charge? And I was like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I was like, certainly someone's in charge of it. God? Yeah, it was like, it just kind of 
happens uh exists a little bit yeah (laughs) when it can it just kind of occurs and we all care about it and i don't know um so that's how i got started because i didn't know who was i was like certainly someone's in charge um e3 the electronic entertainment expo as we know it it was created was first held may 11th 1995 26 years ago uh it was started but was then known as the interactive digital software association the idsa and took place in the los angeles convention center which is where it's happened most of the time since it's come into existence uh Mm -hmm. there are a few times it's happened and we'll talk about this e3 was modeled after and created to replace existing shows like the consumer electronics show that happened in nevada which is over 50 years old um the consumer a little bit of that so the consumer electronics show in nevada was when e3 came around 10 years old uh or no it was older than 10 years it was it was old by then um video games have been happening at the convention for about 10 years like in 1985 was the first time they had a video game section but the ces the consumer electronics show is a very broad show it's exactly what it sounds like it is where people would show off new tvs cameras like vcrs it was like a consumer electronics expo Mm -hmm. um and it's where these companies show off their newest like consumer electronics so like video games are consumer electronics so they were there but they were not showcased because when you would compare at the time at least and probably still today when you compared like the video game market to like tvs like well everyone needs a tv if they're gonna play video games but not everyone for tv plays video games right true yeah uh so like video games were very much like second fiddle to most of the the consumer electronics show mm-hmm. uh and tom kalansky you may remember him from our sonic episode Oh, yes. <laughs> From Sega of America. Um, he's on record saying this about the 1991 show. Uh, the CES organizers used to put video games, put the video game industry way in the way, way back. In 1991, they put us in the tent. You had to walk through the porn vendors just to find us. Oh, God. That year, we were outside and it rained over all of the new Sega Genesis. No! I was furious at the way the organizers treated us and felt we were a more important industry than they gave us credit for. Sega did not return the next year, and a lot of other companies followed suit. Wow. Um, so video games were just like, again, they're like, you're like a toy for kids. Go outside. Like you don't need a you leave. <laughs> don't be here. Yeah. Um, and I mean, again, like being past like pornography vendors is like it's just like a big off put. Like I've said a lot of times, I'm fine if you're an adult and consume adult content. I may not want to see it, so. If your stuff's, like, back behind the porn, I probably won't even know you're there. Yeah. Um, Especially in 1991. Like, I don't have my phone to look up if you're at this event. I just kind of see what I see. Uh, And that really hurts video games because these expos are not... I need to stress, because a lot of people think about this. E3 and things like it are not Comic Cons. They are not for the general public. They are meant to show off what people have to the industry so they're looking to talk to journalists to hype up their products and they're looking Mm -hmm. to talk to retailers to sell it yeah um so this like the consumer electronics show was like sega is trying to talk to like 
what 1981 they're trying to talk to like the representatives from toys r us to get them to order like however many like truckloads of the genesis when it launches mm-hmm. um that's who they're like they're trying to talk to if someone from the public makes it in somehow like they have a cousin who's a journalist with like the new york times and they give them their pass like that's fine you know they're like that's that's okay that happens that still happens but that's not who they really care about spending time with yeah um it is very much like a industry event for industry people to network and show off their either their product or their skills or pitch something it's it's that kind of thing (laughs) um so before i go any further i've talked about now the idsa the interactive digital software association brenda do you know what that is no i don't know what that is okay so the id (laughs) the idsa um which has a new name now that i'll get to was formed in april of 1994 as a reaction to Mm. the congress hearings we've talked about for the video game ratings with nightwatch Oh, 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 oh uh that is the video games lobbying group in 2003 they renamed themselves to the entertainment software association mostly for rebranding um there's like a long quote from the president at the time that i have in here somewhere but it's mostly like we wanted to rebrand uh this thing fits better because we make entertainment not just like interactive software yeah um it's made up by most of the top publishers in the gaming world or their american subsidiary because it is an american lobbying group Mm -hmm. um the founder and president for most of the time of the ESA was Doug Lowenstein. He's also the one who founded E3. He's the one who spearheaded it. He was the one who, I believe he still owns it. I believe it's still his IP. Uh, but he stepped down from the ESA and now is replaced by Mike Gallagher in 2017. Mike Gallagher used to work for George Bush. Really? Yeah, he was the, like, he was like the digital liaison something for President George Bush. Uh, yeah, which is fairly interesting because Doug Lowenstein is like someone I remember seeing on G4. Yeah, a lot. Uh, he was like a very big public advocate for video games. He like, he went to court cases when games were brought in. He was part of the court case for, um, video games being seen as free speech in the 90s. Wow. Uh, he was like, we need to protect our industry. And I don't feel like I get that vibe from Matt Gallagher. I couldn't find anything about him or people think about him. So, uh... Bummer City. Well, he worked for Bush, so already. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> like he worked for Bush. I'm like, oh, okay, he's got to be fucking up games somehow, huh? Um, somehow, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So the ESA, they created the ESRB. We talked about that with the Night Trap episode. Um, do do do. Oh, some ESA members. That's what I had. I mean, I'm sure you can guess the big ones. Because I mentioned, like, pretty much if you're a big publisher, you're part of the ESA. Um, so you got people like Nintendo, of course, Sega's in there, uh, Riot mm-hmm. Games, Sony. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is part of e- the ESA? I forgot they made video games. Uh, <laughs> who, who was that? Sorry, you broke up. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is part of the ESA. Oh, yeah. Um, Interesting. EA, but it also has people, like, I've never heard of, like... Uh, nc soft don't don't didn't know who they were they're based out of south korea so their american subsidiary is like part of the esa um so it has the list of members it's about like 30 people so that's like a lot of companies coming together to make this thing that's quite a few um but notably some people have left the esa 
Who left? Uh, in 2008, they lost several members, including Activision and LucasArts. Ooh, that's a big one. Those are well, not anymore. But. Yeah. Well, they the, in 2008 they also were big ones. I wonder what they had like yeah. their own plan. <laughs> They're like, we'll make our own ESA with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some people over time have just like let their membership lapse, like they didn't like repay their bill. And those are mostly companies I hadn't heard of that had made pretty low tier games. So I'm guessing it was just like a this is too costly for like how big a company we are situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ESA spends a lot of money lobbying to protect gaming. So, so in 2012, Brenda, the ESA mm-hmm. spent 4.8 million dollars in lobbying, cool. which that year was more than Facebook, Google, and even the NRA. Good lord, <laughs> that is so much fucking money everybody so much money do you the (laughs) fact they outspent the nra is wild because i think besides that year every year the nra spends the most money to make people love guns still truly (laughs) uh yeah so that so e3 has been like i said it's mostly been in the la convention center um do you know other places they've had e3 it's mostly been in la Mm -hmm. did they did they try? Did they do the thing that some companies try, where they're like, "We're gonna have one on the East Coast"? They sure did. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> they most certainly tried. Um, e three. The E stands for East now. <laughs> um. So the first E three was like just a smashing success. The first E three had fifty thousand attendees. Um. Ooh. It was also a record year for just like announcements during nineteen ninety five E three. Sony unveiled the PS1. Mm-hmm. Nintendo was showing Jesus. off the Virtual Boy. The C- <laughs> Tom Kalansky, you remember him. <laughs> yes. He led the keynote speech. Because remember, at this time, the big three are Nintendo and Sega, really. And then, like, Sony's the new kid. This is right before everything goes wrong. This is, this is, like, this is like, this is like Tom walks up to give the keynote speech of E3. And if there's ever. So if there's a documentary about Sega out there, like that has to be the like freeze frame. Now this is where things go to shit. <laughs> is this also the E3 where the Saturn got announced? It is at the so Tom <laughs> was so worried about the PlayStation announcement because everyone like again these people all know what's going on. Like when you mm-hmm. are CEOs of these companies, you guys are in like probably a fucking group chat. Yeah. Um. And so they all know they're going to announce the PlayStation. What they didn't know is that PlayStation announced, like, the announcement, the release date, and the price, which was, like, huge. Uh, yeah, because the, the PlayStation um, presentation was after the Saturn presentation. Mm-hmm. So the guy just, like, walked up from Sony, just walked up to the podium, announced the details about the PlayStation, announced that it was cheaper than the yep. Saturn, and then left. <laughs> so Tom was so worried about that. They first announced the Saturn at the keynote speech. Like during his speech, he slipped in the Saturn was being released. Because um, he knew PlayStation was had this announcement. He knew they were right after them. And so during yeah. the Saturn announcement, he also said like they, the Saturn started shipping at E3. Yeah. He's like, it's out. It's out right now. Go. It's come here. Buy it, come buy it. Come buy it. Because <laughs> they were worried. Hurry. And they should have been. <laughs> um, it was... He never believed in the Saturn, which is valid. Yeah. Like, I mean, those are big announcements at the time. Really only PlayStation stuck. I think I can count on one hand people besides you and me who know about the Virtual Boy. 
Oh, Dante has one. Dante has a virtual boy? Yeah, we just walked into a store and bought one. <laughs> like recently? That was a couple years ago. All right, everybody, we're done recording. I'm going to go play Dante's virtual boy. <laughs> it's unplayable. Oh. It's so hard to play. <laughs> it works. And it's got games. But it's, oh my God, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's physically painful. I was watching old videos from like the first reports of E3 and like, People were definitely being polite. <laughs> They're like, it's something. You know, like, imagine <laughs> you get invited to E3 by Nintendo. You're like, uh, like, let's say you run, you're like, you run a wing, you run like East Coast GameStop. Like, you're in charge of like ordering for East Coast GameStop. And Nintendo's like, come to our booth at 12 and play the new game. You're like, yeah, of course. Sounds good. We'll network. And then you're <laughs> on camera with one of the biggest game published, like, producers in the world. And they're like, what did you think? You got it was Yeah, you know, I had a great time and we're really excited and I can't wait to have a meeting with my team on Monday and talk about it to see what we're gonna do. I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely not gonna go throw up now. <laughs> Bye. Like I I don't know what I would say if Nintendo's like invited me to come try out a thing. I'm not gonna be mean would, to their face. I would look them dead in the eyes and just be like, It's earnest. <laughs> you <laughs> You, you, oh, you. This is a thing. You made it. <laughs> and you just smile. Gunpei Yokoi is just like, it's great, right? And you're like, it's definitely different than the Game Boy, Gunpei. <laughs> Listen, Nintendo, Nintendo Virtual Boy drowned so the Oculus Rift could fly. <laughs> Yeah, but people who own Oculus Rift aren't great. Yeah. Nintendo's the only one who's been at every E3. Really? Yep. Microsoft comes close, but they came in later because they didn't have an, they yeah. didn't have games. Uh Sony comes close, but they opted out a few years and then they just weren't and then also they went there in twenty nineteen. Was that during like was the previous one was that during the PS three era? Uh twenty seventeen I Oh no. I don't think so. No, that was PS four. That was PS four era. Huh, interesting. Yeah, they weren't there. They didn't have a big booth. They just were like, they were investigating other ways to reach the consumer. And a lot of analysis were like, that's a shitty idea. It's not going to work. And it didn't. They like, they like had their own Sony Summit thing. Um, Essentially, what you're going to hear everyone, every time E3 or someone attached to E3 tries something new, it doesn't work. And they go back to what they were doing. Yeah, this is very similar to the hold that Diamond had over. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> Um, Marvel just like crawling back like please let us back in the cat award <laughs> please I mean he's not going very well <laughs> I mean hey they may I think we'll see if Diamond makes it through this next like time everyone leaving <laughs> we'll see we'll, what we'll happens we'll see I think the end result's uh, gonna be no more single issues but <laughs> I think comics are just gonna die this time <laughs> oh no I just like holding single issues in my hand. I'm going to have to order and print on demand and paying $10 and I'm going to do it and I'm mad at myself. <laughs> like, I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll pay $15 to get this issue of Spider-Man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so after the first show was a smashing success, uh, a thing I forgot. So the IDSA at the time, the Interactive Digital Software Association, was in talks with uh, the IDG, the International Data Group, um, mm -hmm. 
because they got together and the IDG was like, we should make a trade show that's just for video games because things with the Consumer Electronics Show are going to shit. This is going bad. So there was a short video game convention war, Brenda. Yes, I love I love stupid business wars. Uh, the Consumer Electronics Association, which ran the the Consumer Electronic Show, they're so hey. I sent Brenda a screenshot of how many fucking acronyms and CEOs were part of this. It was mad, and <laughs> there are so many acronyms, everyone. <laughs> so so much. please, I will try repeating them every time, but please just like buckle up, <laughs> play it at like half speed, and we'll get through this together as a family. Um, <laughs> Hold hands. So the IDG reaches out to the IDSA (laughs) and was like, so the IDG, the International Data Group, ran the convention, not the convention, the Expo Macworld, which was like Apple's big, like, expo. Mm -hmm. They offered to help co-fund what would become E3 with the International Digital Software Association. Mm -hmm. Or the Interactive Digital, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) They were like, we'll do that. It'll be great. But at the same time, the Consumer Electronics Association, who runs the Consumer Electronics Show in Nevada, was offering their video game companies their own dedicated space at the CES next year. Mm-hmm. This is in 1994. Mm-hmm. They were just going to happen to have it on the same day as E3. Oh, what a coincidence. So people would have to choose. And I mean, it. listen, the CEA was like, our event's been going on for years. People know us. People trust us. Like, you're going to do yeah. some new thing out in L.A.? <laughs> get all... You're, you're not going to get anybody. All It's just elites out there. Like, we happen in Nevada. Like, you'll get a lot more, like, press. Like, come on. Um, Nevada. <laughs> but most of the video game industry was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, jeez. Except for two people. Microsoft oh. was still mm-hmm. planning to be at the CES. And Nintendo. Understandable. Nintendo. Interesting. They don't like change. No. <laughs> I feel like they were just, I feel like they just got like, we're going to have a different, we're going to do something else. It's the same. They're like, listen, Nintendo, listen, say it with me. It's the same day. <laughs> Nintendo's like, okay, but mm-hmm, it is in a different state. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we know our way around Nevada and LA skewy. <laughs> No, like it is. It's a. It's a. It is bigger. Oh. oh. <laughs> what hotel will we stay at? <laughs> Where will we get food? <laughs> We've been going to Nevada for ten years. Uh, this went on for four or five months. Um, the timeline is pretty sketchy in there. People don't like have the best memory, but eventually, mm-hmm. the CEO of the Consumer Electronics Association called the folks over at E3, so called uh, Doug Lowenstein, and told him that he won and that they would cancel their event. <laughs> this, like, the fa- like, imagine fighting with someone you could just fucking call and, like, what, like if the CEA really wanted to have a thing and, like, help games out, I'm sure Doug would have been like, sure, could you not have it on the same fucking weekend as our thing? Yeah. <laughs> Like, why? What? You don't, the thing is, like, you don't even like us. They, like, actively didn't like games being there. They act, they put them yeah. outside in the rain. You got water on the Nintendo, or, <laughs> one second, let me start that joke over. You got water on the Sega Genesis, and it's not waterproof. <laughs> I know. I've dumped juice on one before. 
They don't like juice. They don't like juice. Ima- imagine what's wild, right? Is like the thing I really love about doing this show, everybody, and doing this with Brenda is like we cover such different topics, but a lot of this, and I think the reason I like doing this era so much because it's such recent history that people don't know about. Like, all of this stuff in the 90s is going at the same time. So imagine looking Sega in the face and saying, we don't want all of your fucking money you have. Sega has so much yeah. money. Yeah, really. This is when they're at their absolute peak of power. Like, <laughs> like no, we don't want the hottest selling console and the hottest selling games at our event, actually. Go wait in the rain. Yeah, stand in the rain. Like, the Genesis is selling more than Nintendo at that It's point. 1991, like, everybody. Sonic just came out, Sonic, and they can't keep Sonic it in stores. <laughs> Sonic has been born. <laughs> and they're like, go wait in the rain. Jeez. And you have to think yeah. the fact that they didn't, like, I couldn't find anything about the CEA reaching out to Sega later. But you have to think, mm-hmm. like, it was 91 in May. And so when, like, the numbers came out the end of the year, that they were like, oh, we fucked up. Sega's making a lot of money. <laughs> oh, no. People really like that blue boy. <laughs> People really like that fucking hedgehog, huh? Ah, shit. Someone's like, what the hell is a hedgehog? <laughs> do, we, do we have those here? Do we have hedgehogs? This is Brenda now. Do we have hedgehogs here? <laughs> I don't think we have hedgehogs here in Michigan. One. I'm gonna search. Okay. Do we have hedgehogs um, in the United States? Oh, in the United I think we have them in the United States. I thought you meant here specifically. Oh, there are no oh. wild hedgehogs. Well, that's fair, because as we talked about in the Sonic episode, everyone was worried about the American team was like, everyone's going to go, what the <laughs> fuck is a hedgehog? Yeah, we don't. We just don't have hedgehogs. Maybe you know. I think it worked out because people didn't know what a hedgehog was. I bet a lot of people just didn't think it was a real thing. They were like, "This is a a made up animal, like a unicorn." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog." So it's like a fake animal, and he's like a cartoon. Yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> I mean, it blew my mind when I was like twelve or whatever in computer class and googled like hedgehog and found out it was real. Yeah, they look fake. They look truly. They yeah, absolutely. Um. So the first E3, smashing success at the LA Convention Center. Second E3, 96, another success. Third E3, they couldn't get a contract to be in LA, so they had to move to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, there was, so it was referred to as breakdown and negotiation in every article, news report, interview, and book chapter I could find. I don't know what they did to upset the LA Convention Center people, but I'm like, I know something happened something big happened something something happened behind closed doors and la is like get the fuck out (laughs) uh we don't want you or your video games here ever again i don't know if it was like there wasn't another video game panic because the 90s are when video games explode there yeah this is the good time there wasn't like so there wasn't that the only thing I can think of is, like, the city complaining. Because, again, these events have 50,000 people. Imagine 50,000 people flooding your city. Ooh. And you're yeah. already in L.A. L.A. is already a nightmare. Like. Look, I get I get pissed during art prize. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I get so mad during art prize. You can't walk anywhere. These people are just standing there and you're like, I gotta go to work. So now there are 50,000 people. Some of them are locals, right? Because some of these companies are just in L.A. already. 
Yeah. But you have journalists coming in from out of town. You have you do have people flooding from the East Coast because it's weird, right? Because I feel like a lot of industries are on the West Coast, but all the media are on the East Coast that cover it. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> like, why why are they in whatever? Everything should just be spread out. But you have all of these people converging on one place. Cities mm-hmm. typically like later on in E3's history, like they they have had talks with the convention center and the city for expanding the convention center just for their event. And that is pretty common. The same things happen with New York City Comic Con. New York City Comic Con happens in the Javits Center, and they have done three expansions now at the center just for their event. Jeez. They kind of run out of room. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, eventually, what are you going to do? Like, these media spectacles, like, really create a... It creates a weird culture where, like, around the center, there's, like, a big economic boom once a year that businesses come to rely on. And it's not the best model because when E3 didn't happen last year, a lot of places shut down because that's when they make money. Yeah, same with my old job when Art Prize decided to not happen. Yeah, Art Prize didn't, like, I was like, oh, how's it going with no Art Prize? And people were stressed. (laughs) We were like... Oh, looking at all of our like sales numbers mm-hmm. from like the previous year and just being like, oh God, it's still out. Meanwhile, my stuff was up. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing fine. People love stuffy animals. <laughs> the, they're just the hit that keeps on giving. Um, Truly. So they couldn't get LA. So they had signed a deal for three years in Georgia. Um, they stayed two oh. years because attendance dropped, plummeted. I found an article Oof. from right before it happened in Georgia. And they were super excited. They're like, yeah, we had two, like, because the first year had 50,000 people. The mm-hmm. year after that had 57, almost 58,000 people. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, this is, we're just going to keep on growing. We're in Georgia. We're excited. You know, we're in the East Coast. So more people from the East Coast can come out. 30,000 people came to the first E3 in Georgia. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, which is you can imagine was very worrisome yeah uh so they were like okay because and so a lot of companies cited they didn't want to send their people out east like so again a lot of these companies are on the west coast like the industry companies the video game industry is like west coast Mm -hmm. they didn't want to send employees they were like that's a lot of money to pay sorry we're not like we're sending less people so you have less staff for these booths you have people renting yeah. out less space because they have less staff. In Atlanta, they have more room because it's cheaper than the LA Convention Center. Oh, no. So there's just a lot of empty space. It looks very vacant. People people talked about, like, that first E3 in Georgia felt like they were back to being in the back room at the con- Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, no. Which is not what you want. The next year in, in Georgia did better. They jumped by 10. There was 40,000 people. Well, 41,000 people. So, like, that's a huge jump. Because people are like, okay, it's going to keep happening in Georgia. Also, the first year in Georgia, they tried out a new time frame. They happened in June instead of May. Oh. And people didn't like that either. People liked it being in May. Uh, so they moved it back to May. Mm-hmm. It was still in Georgia. It worked out a little bit better. But not great. not great. So in 1999, they found a way to get back to L.A. And then they were in L.A. for a while. Um, anytime they have what is E3, it's in L.A. The reason I say that is because sometimes they've had not E3. Do you oh. do you remember that time? No. Okay, so in 
uh, uh, let me get back to my notes here. I was I was freeballing there for a little bit, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> I was just going off the dome, and I got all of it. Yep, yep, I said that. God, I'm so we're so fucking good at this. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy. Hey, Brenda, can we just talk about yes. how good we are at this for a second? We're pretty great at this, if I do say so myself. Yeah. So hey, I'm just I'm just saying. You can give us whatever review you want, but I know we're five stars. So if you want to lie to yourself, that's okay. That's a personal choice. Five stars in my heart. <laughs> um, so E3 was E3 again. Uh, it was back in the LA Convention Center. Things are going hot. E3 hits its absolute, positively, incredible, wild peak. The peak of E3, 2005. 70,000 fucking people. Woo! <laughs> boy! 2005 was such an incredible year for video games, let me tell you. Yeah, what? Brendan, what's your favorite 2005 thing? <sighs> the Neo. <laughs> <laughs> no, say it! Say it! I... <laughs> the Neopets game. No, so, uh, what came out in 2000? 2005 was Shadow of the Colossus. Let me look this up. Let me make sure I got mm-hmm. it right here. 2005. Video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I should type any word in that right. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. We've got Psychonauts came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing Wild World came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart for the DS came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, also at E3 in 2005, Nintendo unveiled The Revolution, which is the Wii. <gasps> The Wii. Uh, so that was that was a game changer. Guitar Hero came out in 2005. Sony and Microsoft were having their big boy, like their big graphics war. They're talking about like their 1080i and their 720p high def gaming consoles. <laughs> uh, the GameCube had the res- had uh, the they showed off the Twilight Princess because they were gonna they released the game they eventually released Twilight Princess on the GameCube in its last year and on the Wii as a launch title. Mm-hmm. Um, big games they, that were announced there: Civ Four, Black and White Two, Half Life Two, yep. the new, the newest Hitman at the time, uh, The Witcher, the first Witcher is at E3 this oh. year. Uh, what else? We got a new Fable game that came out. Uh, Alan Wake. So like E3 2005 was like, woo boy, hot shit. Seventy th- seventy thousand fucking people. Jeez. 2006 That's... had a decline back to because their yeah. usual numbers were between like 50 and 60,000. That was like, that was like, that's a reasonable number, right? Yeah. So next year was back to normal. It was like 60,000 people. Everything's normal. Because of that spike and the way things would spike some years and people got murmurs, and because the public was finding more and more ways to just kind of like technically get a pass, publishers yeah. are upset because publishers. <laughs> don't want to spend time with the normies publishers are True, here yeah. to talk to again either journalists and people in the media to like do reveals and ign does a demo and kotaku does like a gameplay review like they want to do that or they want to be talking to like at this point in time like target and walmart and amazon about like yeah we'll get a shipment of like sixty thousand at launch or whatever i don't know how much is reasonable for a company to be buying Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk to someone who's a blogger, because a lot of bloggers are now getting badges claiming they are press, which I'm not here to harp on bloggers. Some bloggers do great work, 
that's not who they want to talk to. They're like, I don't really care if 100 people read your blog. <laughs> yeah, really. And then, like, I know, like, GameStop employees could get yep. passes to E3. Yep. Or they get passes to their friends. Yeah. So it's just like, you're just at E3. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, they, many, again, this is something I could not find who, but many big name publishers is what everyone said. So you have to assume between Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, one of them are threatening to pull all of their support behind E3 Mm -hmm. because of the increased crowds and the public, the amount of public coming in were really like stressful for them and the cost. People are spending four to $10 million on booth space. Yeah. It's expensive. That is a very, that is, that is like, that's not their PR budget, everybody. That's the E3 budget. So they still have to do ads for the Wii and they have to do like, fucking subway placements for the ps3 and they gotta do like a youtube commercial for the xbox like that's still the other stuff and they Mm -hmm. still have to make money because they again these are companies they want to make money they don't care if they like your game yeah so e3 uh on uh, did a very weird thing and they no longer had e3 they had the e3 media business media and business summit I don't know if you remember this, Brenda. This was 2007, 2008. Uh, they had it in the Santa Monica airport hangars. Excuse me? <laughs> in 2007, the E3 Business and Media Summit happened in the Santa Monica airport. <laughs> what? Uh, it was 10,000 people, very limited space, reduced public participation, uh, focus on media and retailer attendees only. It happened late, back in July. And it was, I remember this happening because I remember like G4 talking about it. Yeah. And I remember even G4 is pretty actively like, this is a bad idea. And it was a really bad idea. The <laughs> sounds like a bad idea. A lot of, a lot of the buzz that year was like dry. Yeah. Um, This is E3 was like, what if we were tiny and we didn't let anyone know what was going on? So they tried to turn it into... A business summit is like what Disney has when we hear about it after the fact, when it's like, all of these shows are happening, like, oh, okay. But it's very overwhelming as a public consumer, because it's all at once you get the news later. Yeah. Um, So it looks a lot more like a typical, like, summit, meet and greet, they, like, rent space in hotels, and people going to cocktail hours, but, like, the public is like, they don't know what's going on, and they don't care anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no, like, buzz or engagement because it's, like, so sick. Yes. In 2008, they went back to the LA Convention Center, <laughs> but it was even smaller, only 5,000 people making it even more limited on, like, who can get in and how many passes people get and who's invited. It became an invite-only oh event. If you didn't get an invite to E3 from E3, you weren't fucking going. One year, E3 just forgets to invite <laughs> Sony. <laughs> And they're like, okay, we got everyone here, right? We got, like, Nintendo. We got, like, Microsoft. Who who, who we missed? Uh, oh, fuck. Who Sega. We Sega, right? <laughs> oh, Sega. Okay, let me, I guess, uh, write out this. Oh, you invited Sega? Okay, cool. thanks. Thanks. Um, and That's everyone then, that's right? That's the whole, Sony that's just... the whole, everybody's, <laughs> it's a fucking Smash Brothers Ultimate. Everybody's here. <laughs> Sony's just sitting, like, back, like, at the Sony office of Japan. Like, the CEO's just being like, oh, is E3 tomorrow? <laughs> oh, I, what, I. Didn't get my invite. <laughs> oh, you invited Sega? Interesting. Oh, they definitely still make consoles now. 
Um, the PS5 comes out next week. But okay, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This year, E3 happened in the smaller concourse area of the LA Convention Center. I was able to find out. This concourse area is usually made for smaller indie publishers. Um, So, like... Who would who would like be in there today? That's like where the people behind like Hades would be, which like yeah, is like they are still like they are they make very good games. They are still a smaller team, or like the yeah. team behind Among Us, right? The team behind Among Us is like four people, so like mm-hmm. they're a big deal, but they're a small team. They don't need like a giant booth somewhere. They're like we just need like a table. There's like six of us. <laughs> the Among Us people just like roll in there, just like we're introducing clear. <laughs> um again a lot of backlash so what's weird is this backlash comes internally they get told the event's too big and we're spending too much money and this isn't working and then they get told the event's too small not enough people are seeing us also we're happening in july now we don't like that and no one's talking about it and i'm like what do you fucking want Make up your mind. Is it too big or is it too Doug small? Doug Lawrence must have been banging his head against the wall. Like, shut, sh- shut up. Everyone just shut the, f- everyone fucking shut up. We gotta just figure out what we're going for or we're gonna just make a camel. <laughs> that's a Parks, I'm pretty sure that's, is that a Parks and Rec yes. reference? Making the camel, you all work together, you make the, if you all put in, you make a camel. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to remember that reference for like weeks. And I'm I proud just, of you. You've done it. Here live. It's a camel. Here live. I figured it out. It's a camel. E3 2009. No more time for games. The E3 that, frankly, when you think of E3, is probably this. Um, It happens in June. Mm -hmm. It happens in the LA Convention Center. And it's bringing in between 40 to like a little, eh, 40 to still like 70,000. Some years cap on around 69,000 people. Okay. Big spectacle. Right. You know, EA's there, Microsoft's there, Sony's there, Ubisoft's there, Nintendo. Like, that. that is most, by and large, probably the E3 people think of. I remember watching E3 on G4. Probably, I think I, the first one I watched was like 2000 and was the big 2005 one. Yeah, I feel like that's when I was watching, too, because I was just like, what? Um, You can watch it about video games? And it was cool, because G4 was there on the floor, like... 24 7 i remember wishing i had the internet because they're like you can check out news like all night like they were there yeah all day there's content all night like streaming either reviews or anything it was awesome uh yeah and i remember in the 2008 year g4 was not on the floor they had some reporters that got in but it was not like the all-day coverage and i have to think that hurt them a lot because g4 is where i got my gaming news there wasn't if you didn't have the internet, you didn't know what the fuck video games are doing. Yeah, everyone watched G4 back then. Um, So to not give G4, like, a place on the floor and, like, all access was also a very weird take. Um, yeah. But 2009, you know, we got back in LA, people, they're letting more people in again. It's still not open to the public. Yeah. But it's more of what you think of. They capped out attendance at 45,000 to, like, have a middle ground between too many people and not enough people mm-hmm. that lasted a year <laughs> the next <laughs> the next year the next year they removed the cap and there was forty five thousand six hundred people wow uh and so that's been e3 pretty much 
every year until 2017. Still in June. There's no more cap. Uh, 2017 is when they finally open public passes. This is the, this is the first year where you can be just some person on the street that wants to go to E3. Wow. Uh, there are 15,000 public passes. I believe that's still the amount they release every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, markedly, that's also the year that Doug Lowenstein's no longer in charge of the ESA. But I believe still is in charge of mm-hmm. E3. From everything I can figure out, he's still the owner. So I wonder if that was a pitch from the new president of the ESA, uh, Michael Gallagher or whatever, uh, of like letting the public in. But that's pretty much been E3, and it just keeps on going until COVID, where they could not have E3. When everything stopped. Everything stopped. They, it was, I mean, June is like pretty, that's like pretty late. It's like too late to try and do a online event. Yeah. So people just kind of did their own thing. This year they're having E3. It's all online. It's June 12th to June 15th. The only planned official e3 big presenters though are microsoft and nintendo interesting so sega doesn't even have anything planned yeah, they may it, the thing is like people will do presentations but they may not mm-hmm. like they are not officially taking part in renting space of e3 i don't know how that looks digitally right like is it just going to be e3 is hosting nintendo's youtube page because i'm sure they're going to do a direct and can just watch it on youtube yeah, it's like you really don't have to do it through E3. Yeah, so if it's just digital. So I can imagine a lot of people are just like going to be making announcements. Like, what is for an expo like this? Again, this isn't a Comic Con. This isn't a anime convention. This is like a networking event trying to pitch your stuff to sell it. Mm-hmm. So, how does that look online is a very good question. Truly. Like, what are you really... Are you giving me someone's email? I have their email. Like, if you run something, like, I have, like, fucking... The, the, whoever's in charge of buying PlayStations for Target, like, I have their email. Yeah. So, and I don't know what it looks like, because, again, it's very behind closed doors for that part of it. Um, We'll see how it looks. We'll see how E3 goes. Uh, But that's a, a lot of bit about E3. Uh, The other... What else did I have? In 2019, the last year they had it, they had a decrease in attendance from the year before. So 2019 had 66,100 people. 2018 mm-hmm. had 69,200 people. The closest they got to that 70,000 again. Wow. Um, Most people say that's just like as they open up to the public and growing interest and growing hype around E3 because ever that's been climbing since they went back to being a big convention in 2009, because it was like 40,000, 45, 40, like it kept growing each year to that peak mm-hmm. in 2018. Um, but 2019, the drop is most likely Sony. That is Sony opting again yeah. not to participate in E3. Interesting. So Sony was like, we won't be there. Uh, we will use uh, other video game expos and recorded videos throughout the year to hype up our stuff. I wonder how that's working for them. I don't know. I mean, they're, I feel like Sony's trying out this choke the market Nintendo strategy, which again, works for Nintendo because I trust them. I know whenever the new Switch comes out, I'll get one eventually. I know, like, I know I'll get one. I'm okay. This PS5 business, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get one. <laughs> it's like, they'll be like, it's here. And then I'll... That it's everyone scrambles to go get one or it like comes out when I don't have money mm-hmm. or, you know, or it's bots. Just, and I, 
Yeah, and then Nintendo, because like the issue with the with the PS5 is that there is a chip shortage, mm-hmm. um, which is affecting all manner of mm-hmm. things from the production of the PS5 to the production of Chevy Silverado trucks in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> like a rock! Yeah, those. <laughs> oh, like a rock! <laughs> like a rock! You can tell how the economy is doing if you drive past the Silverado plant and there's no Silverados there. That's bad when that happens. <laughs> anyway, Such a watch so Nintendo, yeah, so Nintendo is like, oh, we're gonna have a new Switch coming out, and it's like we're still in the middle of a parts shortage. Yeah, Nintendo said despite the parts shortage, there will be a new Switch. There'll be enough for everybody. Don't worry about it. And the the room, the streets are saying stuff like 4K on your TV and bigger batteries. And, like, better internet. And I'm like, did Nintendo just, like, did it take so long to make a new Switch? Because this is late in Nintendo's cycle. Nintendo this, yeah. usually releases, like, the better version of their thing. Like, one to one year to, like, a year and a half later. So, I'm like, did they just make one? Is this chip shortage because Nintendo was hoarding all the chips? They've been hoarding chips for years. <laughs> These are my chips. Well, the chip shortage is due to cryptocurrency. Nintendo eats all the chips. They eat them. I'm gonna put some. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is cryptocurrency, but that's a whole. Always comes back to crypto. Always comes back around to being Elon Musk's fault, probably. Austin, did I tell you someone wanted to pay me in cryptocurrency? Did you scream? (laughs) Internally, I was polite. I was just like, "No, thank you." (laughs) At this time, and it was like one I had not heard of, and I was just like, "Absolutely not. Give me money." (laughs) The other 2020 plan for E3 that I did forget to mention, they were planning to increase. Public passes for the first time to twenty five thousand. <laughs> well, you know how that yep. went. In that it didn't didn't happen. happen, but definitely trying to boost those numbers from the from Sony leading. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like now, like back in like earlier days of E three, where like bloggers would come mm-hmm. in and like waste people's time. <laughs> you know, bloggers <laughs> bloggers didn't have like as quite as much influence as like say like current day YouTubers. Right. Have. Exactly. Uh, so. So I think right now, opening it more up to the public and to these YouTubers who can't get, like, press passes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, is the thing to go. Word of mouth is more important than ever. Yeah, because, I mean, how many people don't, like, IGN and Kotaku and, like, GameSpot, like, provide news, but how how much of us, like, trust them, right? Like, we go to them because... Frankly, I'm like when G4 died. I'm like, I guess I have to go to IGN for gaming news, and it they are not. They are, they do their mm-hmm. best, and people in their team, I'm sure, do good work. Uh, but it's just not the same. No, like G3. <laughs> Sorry, G4. <laughs> My God, G4. G, you know the popular G3 summit. <laughs> That's my uh, my E three G four ship pairing name. <laughs> when I write anthropomorphized E three and G four slash fake. So which one is the 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 big titty girlfriend? Um, let's see. I think I think E three is the big titty girlfriend. Oh, that makes sense. E three used to have porn. That's the last thing I forgot to say. Oh yeah. Okay. So definitely big titty girlfriend. E three had porn until. The first, the first two years in LA had porn, and then when they went to Georgia, they didn't have porn. And there was no porn in E3 until 2016, when Naughty of America was at E3 to show off virtual, virtual porn because the Oculus VR. I remember that. That was like a big, 
big controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they did everything above board. They ID'd everybody. There's no nudity on their displays. There's no like porn on the displays. Just said naughty of America. Um, and E three did deny other porn like developers who had VR porn to show off. They only let in naughty of America. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway. uh yeah i feel like letting in like youtubers and like twitch streamers and like content creators would is i mean i frankly think you should probably just give them press passes for like how much work those people do but that's most likely why they increase the public pass i didn't think to look Mm -hmm. up how much a public pass costs but i'm sure like i'm i'm like i'm not gonna being at these events is stressful and you don't you don't see everything like right like if i choose to go to nintendo's thing I'm missing whatever Sony is talking about at their booth. Yeah. So it was a lot more fun to be at home and it's a lot more enjoyable because you can kind of like, oh, G4 is going to do like, I remember like blocking my time out. Like, okay, there's a Nintendo hour on G4 at two, Mm -hmm. but my friend that like has internet says that Sony's doing a thing online at three and then someone on you, like, you know, like you, it becomes like an event yourself at home but as someone who's been to new york city mm-hmm. comic multiple times it is stressful as fuck to try and do that while yep. you're there yep you just i you know i would go to c2e2 and oh, just God. like <laughs> meander i would have no plans i wouldn't be like i gotta go see scott snyder or babstar mm-hmm. or whatever i would just be like whoever i run into i run into mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, I'm just meandering around, and then there happened to be, like, Charles Sewell and Babs Tar. I think it was Charles Sewell. No, Charles Becky Cleaner? Charles Sewell and Becky mm-hmm. Cleaner? I think, whatever, doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm just wandering around the show floor of C2E2, and then there's just, like, a stage in the middle, and then, like, Charles Sewell and Be- Becky Cleaner just get up on the stage and start talking about new books, and I'm just like, huh? Well, <laughs> I guess I'm here now. I sit now. Yeah, I go sit and listen to this for a bit. Uh-huh. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that's planning it out is so hard so being able to just like see people cover it and they they dilute it and they get like like here's this one game we're going to talk to you about like cool 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 i'm now following uh e3 badges in 2020 we're going for 165 for the basic gamer badge again so i didn't say this public is not allowed there all day and every day public the public gamer badge is only allowed two of the days typically okay i think that's actually a good compromise yes, i think so too and they're allowed like two of the days and it's not the weekend it's the weekday event part of the event oh. so for 2020 it was going to be for wednesday and thursday not the weekend the weekend was only industry people interesting um, and industry people okay. got in like an hour early as well so mm-hmm. again they, they were it's a good compromise uh but yeah. you could buy a premium badge for essentially a thousand dollars nine hundred ninety eight dollars <laughs> the premium badge uh, lets you go the first day of the show as well, so Tuesday. Still only during the week, but you were there more of the week. Yeah. Uh, that was the plan for 2020, so didn't happen. Don't know if they'll ever do that again. Don't know if they'll ever want to have a big 70, 80,000 person event again, but that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but that's uh, that's E3, but I thought this would be a, next, a nice segue for our special next week so because a lot of it goes on during these networking events where many of them are in the same room next week we begin our 50th episode spectacular we're we've got we'll have 50 episodes under our belt and we're also like well after 50 is 52 which is also a year yeah 
which is a whole year. So wild to think about yeah. that we've been doing this a whole year. Because it's already been a year because we did take a couple weeks mm-hmm. off. We took sometimes. some vacations. We're allowed to yeah. deal with it. I got my I got my teeth going, you know. <laughs> uh, but thanks for being do we tell do you think we tell them or is it a secret? Oh, I think we tell them. We're gonna go back in time to the very beginnings of a little old company called Sega. Sega how did Sega get its start? I feel like a lot of people know like how Nintendo got its mm-hmm. start. Um, everyone's just like, oh, they started making Hanafuda cards <laughs> and then toys. And it's like, well, how did Sega get its start? Yeah, but and you don't know. It's very interesting. And if you know, shut yeah. up. Stop giving away the episode. Stop. 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 <laughs> shh. Shh. <laughs> well, we got to go before this is our longest episode. Yeah, we can't do that. We got to <laughs> save it for the specials. For the specials. So, ta-ta, See ya. everyone. It's tea time, I guess. You get pinkies <laughs> up and all that. <laughs> pinkies up, wah wah. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.